Hello and welcome to the Commune Podcast. We are back this time to talk about The Wolf Among Us, which is a story thing by Telltale Games, and sometimes you hit some buttons and it does something. So to start off, I want to introduce our cast today. Uh, I'm Golem, and with me here is Adrian. How are you? Good, and you? I'm doing swell. Uh, Nick, how are you? Hi, I'm pretty good. You haven't been with us since, uh... oh man, it's Axiom Verge, right? Yes, a whole lot yeah. happened, including me having my job taken all but two days off from it. Oof. Um, and Wario Fan, how are you doing? Oh, well, I'm uh, comfortable, I'm relaxed. I, I have the AC blowing in my face, so I'm happy. Wow, and I you can't hear it. That's that's fine. I remember Fox, you know, it would always sound like an airplane taking off. Yeah, <laughs> that's still accurate. And with us for the first time is Marielle. How are you doing? I'm doing well. All right. Marielle, I know you've we've talked about this before. Have you played a game where you can influence the, the game's story? Yeah, those are actually my favorite games, uh, and this isn't my first Telltale game either. So can you name a particular one? A particular what? A particular game where you had influence over the story. Well, let's see. There's Fallout, there's um, The Sims, uh, there's the Walking Dead series, lots of games with multi-finality. So I think of the people here, you might have the most Sims experience. How do you have an impact over the story in that game? Well, um, technically The Sims is also called a god simulator where you're controlling the people and uh, selecting what actions they take, uh, almost like a virtual dollhouse. Um, so. so the idea of The Sims is that there's no real... Uh, underlying story hard-baked into the game, but instead the story is whatever sequence of events you make these avatars go through. Pretty much, though. Within the series, you can select aspirations for your sims, which um, sort of influence what kind of uh, wants the sims uh, may desire to take throughout their life. It's a god game. You also have some direction there that it's not just uh, whatever you want, but instead that uh, you create a character and they have this certain need and it's their course through fulfilling it. Yeah, so we're in the fourth generation from the original. And as the series has progressed, um, your Sims can have traits. um, And then in the current uh, iteration, which is Sims 4, um, the traits that you give your Sim end up influencing the whims that they end up rolling. So, like, if you have a Sim who's family-oriented, they're going to want to have lots of children and get married and do lots of family-based interactions on their own. Okay. Um Nick, have you played any games where you have an impact on the story? I have played several Telltale games. Uh, I've played Walking Dead 1, I think I've played 2. I've played Wolf Among Us twice, uh, trying to see different results. I've played Fallout uh, 3, 4, and New Vegas. And I could say that New Vegas and Fallout, the entire series, is vastly different from, vastly different from uh, Wolf Among Us in that... If your character were to die in Wolf Among Us, everything would go on. Like, it would make sense for it to go on. But in a game like Fallout, your character is very much the hero, the center of the story. 
don't know if that makes sense. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure I understand. Like, all the decisions I make in Bigby's decisions. That's true, but I feel that they are less massive and it feels a lot more grounded in its setting and it's less, not grounded in setting, I'm speaking terribly, but I'm thinking that it's a lot less setting changing. Whereas in Fallout, you can choose to, I don't want to spoil anything, but if there's a point where you can nuke something, you could. And Wolf Among Us, it's a little more on the rails and I think that it's very well with what it does for storytelling. Okay. So in Fallout, how... Um, sorry if you already explained this, but how do you impact the story in Fallout? I'm going to use uh, New Vegas' example, probably because it's uh, the best way to... Best, one of the best choice. ones to use. Of course. Um, a good example of for New Vegas is that you can choose to ally with one side, which is... Caesar's Legion, you can choose to ally with another, you can choose to line everybody up with one side, and then support the other side so you screw everything over that you just work to help them ally with. You could also work with everybody, and then just ruin it all by making it so that nobody wins but you. You could literally make it so that nobody is in power but yourself. So it's that all these separate characters have their own goals, and the story is influenced by um, they need your help to reach that goal, so you can choose to do so or not. Yes, and I feel that um, a game such as Fallout New Vegas, our character changes much more in the world, and it's like characters would not even have reached certain points if our character does not interact with it. Whereas in The Wolf Among Us, the, the decisions you do make do not change the outcome as nearly as roughly as Fallout does. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, Wario fan, have you played a game where you can influence the story? So, a, a game I played where decisions mattered, right? Yeah. Uh, and see, now here's the problem, is that I'm myself making a decision on which decision-based game to mention. <laughs> um, let's see, well, I'm kind of a sucker for the Quantic Dream games. Uh, Go prophecy. Yeah, uh, heavy rain beyond. Um, mostly the latter two because they feature heavily more uh, uh, of the choice things than than anything, and and they can kind of impact uh, what kind of ending you get. You know, sometimes you can let characters die off, and and that'll um, uh, that that'll affect things later on. Or, or maybe you don't get the hints you need uh, when you're supposed to, and then that that kind of makes it tougher to figure out some of the puzzles later on. Um, sort of that that sort of thing, and it's also got. Um, I think it has the uh, the kind of anxious timer thing that that Telltale games do too. That's true. Yeah, I completely forgot, but that's in. Uh, I played Indigo Prophecy, and it is in there. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summation of how you have an impact on the story in those games. Adrian, have you played any games where you have a significant impact on the story? Uh, yeah, we have uh, Fallout, Sims 2, Undertale, which we played on the commune, uh, Deus Ex Human Revolution, and this one is probably the funniest of them all, uh, Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> you know what? Uh, he... You gotta talk about Shadow. Okay. Well, <laughs> Shadow, the Hedgehog, um, depend. Every stage you have about two or three missions that you can do. Depending on which one you complete, the story progresses in that direction. And at almost any point in the game, you always have at least two decisions to make. And the game is also fairly transparent about where the story branches off from there, what level you go to next. So you can actually. Uh, literally see how uh, your choices affect the story. Unfortunately, the final... Well, not unfortunately, but the final episode's all the same, but the regular campaign it's all different. Do you feel like you had a significant impact on the story there, though? If it wasn't for the final episode, which is completed when you get all the endings, uh, but the first time, though, yeah, I did feel like it. Okay. I guess there are, you know, you could... 
there's some where you could kill Sonic or you could do the all good or whatever. Yeah, you can decide, uh, do you want to be an evil tyrant or just figure out who you are or what the hell? Uh, to me, though, it just feels disjointed because, um, you know, you can go up and down along the morality scale as you wish, and the cutscenes don't feel connected from one to the next because you could have made a million other, you know, you could have taken a million paths be- up to this point and not all of them make sense with the next cutscene. Right, I know there is um, there are particular ways that you can advance through the story that don't entirely make sense, and that's because of the fact that some levels there's actually like three ways to get to that point, depending on which mission you chose, because of that tree root structure it has. Um, Well, whether or not the whether or not they always make sense uh, to me, I uh, isn't uh, the important part though. It's that um you actually have a choice that influences uh, what you do next and where you go to and what happens. Right. If you help the evil guy, you go to a different level than if you help the good guy. Yeah, or if you just do the neutral routes, it's like, I'm just going to get the Chaos Emerald and do what I want. (laughs) All right. One thing that was on my mind the whole time while I was playing this was the idea of authorship, or the idea that, like, the idea that I am one of the writers of the story. And I think if we if we take out our handy dandy ladder of abstraction, um, at the very bottom of that is the individual choices you make. And so I want to talk about those to get a better understanding of the larger picture of the more abstract idea of authorship. So first I wanted to talk about a pretty big choice, and if you haven't cleared Wolf Among Us, spoiler warning, um, I wanted to talk about killing the Crooked Man at the end of Episode 5, or whether or not you kill the Crooked Man at the end of, end of Episode 5. Uh, Marielle... Uh, I think we threw him down the well, right? We played together. Yeah, I didn't want to. <laughs> you didn't want to throw him down the well? No. It was mean. Well, okay, so since you guys don't know, Greg was, like, controlling uh, everything. He was, like, you know, manning the gun, so to speak. But <laughs> I was sitting on the couch behind him reading the choices and telling him which to pick. Although, if I did it too late, he would, like, pick the wrong one, which is kind of funny. But um, it was funny, because sometimes I would tell him what to pick, and he'd pause the game and look back at me and go, Are you sure? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was pretty fun. I think there were only a couple of times, uh, but... I'll mention later uh, what times those were, but it was pretty funny. And Wario fan, what did you did you kill the crooked man or let him live? I, um, well, what choice do you think I made? I think you left him alive. Oh, I thought you were gonna reply with silence, but <laughs> I, I did let him live. Um, I don't know. It was it was one of those where. I don't know. I I I think Granny uh, Greenleaves convinced me to uh, to to do it. Something something she said. I don't know. Was that the woman that had the tree? Yeah, yeah the tree yeah. lady. <clears throat> the witch. Just to make sure I understand, Lady Greenleaves convinced you to throw uh, Crooked Man down the well. And down no, the well. she convinced me to 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 let him live. She said, "There's there's a better way. I okay. know one." And I said, fine. And then Bigby said, fine. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, on your behalf. Yes. <clears throat> Adrian, did you kill the Crooked Man? No. Why not? And the story even gives a very good reason for that. What is that reason? Because, as you see afterwards, Nerissa lied. Oh, right. That is a very good reason why... 
I do not approve of capital punishment. So I'm like, no. I even made one of the smaller choices where I didn't even, I didn't let anyone put a vote to it. I didn't let Snow decide. I said, no, I'm making the call here and I'm saying capital punishment, go fuck that. We're letting him live. Wow, that's principled. Yeah. <laughs> so, Marielle, did this influence any later cutscenes? Like, did the characters treat us any differently afterwards? No, we still got the confession from Nerissa. Um, although, maybe I'm naive, but I didn't think that throwing him down the well was the same as killing him. <laughs> I thought it was just um, the witching well, where he would just be, like, tortured or something. Like, essentially... Um, what's it called? Fableville or something? What's the town called? I forget. Fabletown. Fabletown, that's right. Um, You know, I just kind of figured that it would be their equivalent of, like, jail or prison. Oh. Because remember you had the option to, like, physically kill him yourself? Yeah. But we didn't do that. So, Nick, what is the Witching Well? The Witching Well actually is a road to their afterlife. Ah. So if you threw him down it, yes, you did kill him. Gotcha. That's also why they threw Lily's body down the well. Yep. If If the person dies, they also are in the witching well. This is discovered later when somebody actually finds a way to go into the witching well and brings somebody back out. Wait, what? I didn't make that connection. So somebody later on in the books actually will go down and into the witching well and bring somebody back out. Oh, like a grappling hook at the top. Yep. And I could tell you all if you don't mind. I would uh, like to know. No spoiler. Yeah, yeah spoiler. I was kind of planning yeah, to read think... the books. I kind of thought maybe. Uh... All right, then I won't bring it up. But I will say, um, yeah, <laughs> not a, not the not spoiler. I will say the um. It is interesting that death and being thrown down the witching well both result in the same way. It makes you wonder if it does just kill the person when they go down. Because, yeah. But um, other things to note, the farm definitely is not good. Definitely. Yeah, I got that impression as well. So that would be more the jail-prison equivalent? It's like jail, but if you went to jail, there's these two big buff guys with hammers that are going to beat you. There that are sounds people... like prison to me. I don't know. It, there are, it is a prison, but there are people there that cannot live in you know, human world because they're just violent or too inhuman. I, I didn't know if we should be delving too much into the actual series. I, All right. I, I kind of thought some of this stuff was like maybe you got like a special cutscene for doing what you did there, but... I will say um, this that's interesting, though. This, the, the guy with um, the Crooked Man, he is not in the books. This story is written up by Telltale. Oh, that's yeah, cool. The, the original story is, is called Fable, so that, that's one of the reasons. The fact that the name is different means it's only a... It's not even adaptation. It's just based slightly based on the story, but they took all creative liberties with it, so it, it's not a, a game adaptation like The Walking Dead was. Yeah, so that's why. I, I think you know, it's also deliberately a prequel, about though, right? I don't know, but I do know um, the writer for um, the writer of the fables. He kind of really disagreed with almost everybody's decisions. In the story, you mean? Yes, um, he would have burned. He said Bigby would have burned the tree. Oh. Well, but that I mean, was an option. Yes, but well, he said that. I'll... Let's uh, uh, let's not get too far off topic. I'm sorry, sorry. Okay, um, appreciate the perspective. Yeah. Um, speaking of Bill Willingham, uh, Wario fan, do you think Bigby would have uh would have let the Crooked Man live? That's kind of hard, I think, especially for me, since I only I only know you know the Bigby that I was, so I don't know how. If if Bigby's you know a big roughhouser in the in the books, um, I mean the the way Nick says says it is, it, it, he, I think he might be a little rougher in the in the actual series than I made him out to be. So it's it's possible that he probably would have ripped his head off right there. 
So you uh, think uh, you, Bigby's? You think you had a pretty significant impact on Bigby's character then? That he had uh, his identity is dependent on you. Within within the context of the game, I think, but you know, I don't think the way I made Bigby, you know, would carry over to uh, to the series. It sounds like. I would like to point out that um, I don't think that the comparing it to the actual series matters in the sense of Big B because I would say that this is kind of your Big B or our Big B. It doesn't have to be the game, the comics Big B because it's our perspective on it. So you would say that Big B's an avatar for the player less so than an actual independent guy. Yes and no, because there's enough independence in him to you can tell that he's an enforcer, but you can still see what kind of demeanor you want in him. Okay. So I can't make him give up smoking, but I can at least force him to offer a smoke to Colin. <laughs> you cut out, but I, I'm, I can hear the first half and say, yes, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, Marielle, do you agree that... Uh, you know, your final choice with killing the crooked man or throwing the crooked man down the well fit with Big B simply because Big B was whatever your choices made him out to be? Yeah, I think that like ultimately fit with um his character development. Yeah. Okay. So, Adrian, what was your favorite small choice in the game? And and by small choice, I just mean any dialogue option. It could have had zero impact on anyone else, but just any dialogue choice that you liked. Oh, I know one. Which one I liked is when, and this is also goes to the part about how your choices don't matter. But it's the figuring out who the killer is. That was the one small doesn't actually matter because even if you get it wrong, you still find out who it is choice. But I do like that. So what individual choice are you talking about? The one where when you confront the crooked man, everyone's there and you get the choice to say, I already know who did it. And then you answer and I got it right. Could you say again why you like that so much? I like it because it's the part of the game that I do like, which is, you know being like a sheriff, like a detective of putting evidence together and saying, this is what I think happened. And then being given confirmation uh, that I was right. You know, it's the part that <laughs> felt more or less like a game. Like the part where you're in um, Toad's apartment and you're putting together that the fact that Tweedle roughed him up. Yeah. You know, calling him out on his lies. Same thing with the uh, murder scene. The second murder scene you see at the, uh, the put in no, not the put in pie. That's not what it's called. The the Trip love trap. hotel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. The love hotel where you get to see. Oh, uh, Crane has a <laughs> a real fantasy for Snow White. And you put the pieces together. That was another example of that. Uh, basically, almost every invest investigation scene. That's why I had a trouble narrowing it down to one. But the one that really that I really liked was being able to call out. Um, we all know who the killer is. It was Georgie Porgy. And it's the the most subtle thing ever. If you did not remember your conversation with TJ, where what he remembers hearing is, stop laughing at me, you would have no idea who it was. And he only says it like a few moments before you go through the door. Why is stop laughing at me, Georgie Porgy? Because you hear him say that as you're about to go in. And that's what TJ oh. heard before he threw her body down the lake. So that's like his wow, I didn't even catchphrase. Remember. Oh my gosh, that's so subtle. I didn't even catch it. And I played the game twice. I know. That's that's why I'm, it's it's super subtle. And to be honest, I'm not even sure I like that it was that ridiculously subtle. But hey, at least it was there and I picked up on it and I got you know confirmation that, hey, good job, detectives. Like, yeah. Mm, super sleuth. Are you a fan? What was the small choice that you liked? Uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, I can't think of anything better. I, I'm sure there is, but I guess I feel like one I liked for some reason or another is when you enter the butcher shop, you know, nobody's there and he sees the stop smoking sign and you can just choose to follow it or not because whatever, it's a sign. 
you know? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. So well, I stole the... it from The Simpsons, so, you know. <laughs> what, cho- what choice did you make? Uh, the first time I played it, played through that scene, I, I, um, I stopped smoking. <laughs> I felt like, well, I, I better listen. You know, I thought maybe there's something might happen if, if I was caught smoking and the butcher comes out. So I didn't know what kind of person he was then. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Fables in general need to stop smoking. Well, it's not like they get cancer. Uh, I guess. So you played a very respectful Big B. Uh, I tried to, you know, I, 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 you know, in the beginning, I, uh, I was very ardent to the law. I was like, get your damn glamour toad. But, you know, near the end, I was like, uh, you know, well, here's, here's some money toad. Colin, you can stay. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to burn the tree. It's okay. You know, everything's fine. Yeah. Nick, what was one small choice that you enjoyed? Actually, he just referenced it. I like that if you say Colin can stay, it doesn't actually ask you again later, do you want to send Colin off anyway? No, he actually stays. And if you say that um, he needs to get glamour or whatever, then he goes. And it's actually uh, interesting because it doesn't doesn't bring it up again, but it's a small thing that does affect his friend, his neighbor. Not neighbor, but... Reluctant roommate. Reluctant roommate. That's a perfect word for it. But it's small and didn't seem like it affected much at the time other than how they felt about you, but it did affect the ending. Just a little. Okay. So you liked it because it it had a lasting impact that was uh, subtle. It was subtle, yes. And it was a lasting impact, but I didn't think it was going to be have a lasting impact when it was seems like an offhand moment. You just did it because it... it felt like the thing to do in the moment. Yeah. Yeah, it felt like it was just a saying, yeah, I'll protect my friend, but then when he don't say that, and uh, didn't say that in the second time, he ended up going, and I was realized that was what it was. And, Marielle, what's your favorite small choice? Well, I guess anytime you could hit someone in the face felt really good. (laughs) (laughs) Although, I don't know if that technically counts as small. I mean, the way this uh, game kind of played to me, it was like every choice was an ethical dilemma almost, and it was sort of like a social work simulator. (laughs) So did you still hit them? Oh, (laughs) Is that what you do in social? I've gotten into grad school, so I can say this. Yes, I did. <laughs> and I enjoyed it. But um, no, I mean, like, sometimes the choices came down to you're not picking, like, a good choice or a, you know, positive outcome. You're kind of picking, like, the lesser of two evils. It was just, I like that. <laughs> so so who, did you hit? who in particular do you, yeah. Well, I don't want to give anything away, but there was somebody you get to kill, not the... No, this is all about giving it away. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know the rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this was one of those okay. choices where Greg looked back at me and went, are you serious? Um, so when, let's see, when you finally meet Bloody Mary and you're, you have Crane and you're in like that alley, um, you have the choice to kill Tweedle, uh, D or Dumb. I forget which one. And I was like, heck yeah. I've been waiting to kill him since, like, the first scene that we met him. (laughs) I was all over that. And that was one of those moments where Greg looked back at me like, are you sure? (laughs) So did you also rip Gren's arm off? I didn't because I felt like he was going, I was going to need him later. Although I could have ripped it off and kept the arm. (laughs) <laughs> but um did you punch Georgie Porgy or break his shit? We didn't break his shit, but also no. I did feel like Greg just kind of he was guilt tripping me. Anytime <laughs> I wanted to like do something really nasty, you know, he would like argue with me a little bit and it's like, "All right, we won't break his strip club." <laughs> <laughs> we killed Tweedle. 
we don't have to break all of his, you know, bar <laughs> and whatever. Did you um, hit the woodsman when he called her a bitch? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Did you glass him? Did I glass him? That's when you there's can this, hit uh, the glass. There's this one famous um, action in, this, in the game. It just says glass him when he's at the bar talking with you. And most people are like, oh, I'll give him a glass. No, he grabs him, he grabs a glass and it just knocks I him out I think we did do that. And actually, Greg and I were like, what? <laughs> I think we did do that. Do you remember that, Greg? Or am I missing Yeah, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> um, the, uh, and then the, the game's like, the, no. Uh, the first time I, I played to Chapter 1, I, I caught uh, Tweedledee. And so I had the interrogation scene with him in Episode 2. And you know, I was I was good cop, and um, I went to play the ep- the scene again so I could fill out my the the book of fables stuff, um, and I just decided, well, I'm going to be the biggest asshole possible now. <laughs> so all I did was I would just slam him in the face, and and just repeatedly, and, and Tweedledee kept going, "What the f, Big B?" and 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 Crane's looking at me like, "Please calm down. Please stop this. I told Bluebeard you were you were a good guy." And and then at one point, you know, I just I just you know I grabbed the bottle of of wine or whatever, and I just smack him on the head with it, and he got so irritated with me. And then I took the money he was having. He's like, why did you do that? And then Crane says, stop! Why did you take the money? We have to do something. And uh, <laughs> It was just... I felt so bad, but it was just kind of hilarious. I don't know if anybody else... You know, if if it's the same way, if you're if you're interrogating the woodsman there or not, but um, my God, it is. But it's even funnier because the woodsman didn't do anything. Yeah, Bluebeard must have been very proud of you. So, um, in general, Marielle, do you feel like you have an impact over the story? Um, not as much as other games I have played, I would say. Why is that? Because, well, okay, I really wanted Snow and Bigby to end up together, and that, like, you, like, they just kind of left that alone. And, like, I was waiting for, like, a wedding scene or something. <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, I guess because, like, there may have been some variability in terms of, like, who's alive and, you know, who makes it to the next chapters and so on. But, like, ultimately, you know, there's one guy who's guilty. These people, you know, were accomplices, blah, blah, blah. So I don't really feel like it altered as much as I would have liked. Nick, do you feel like you had much of an impact on the story? It's a little bit mixed because I feel that his character does, but I feel that myself, uh, not quite as much. There are points where it, where it felt like it stronger affected, like you could you could save the um, what's his name, the prince in the beginning that attempted suicide. That was Prince I Lawrence. Was yeah, I thought that was amazing that it was to do that, but it never did anything with it. He appears later once, but and I never felt that. Um, I myself changed a whole lot, but I didn't mind it because I felt the story was pretty contained well in itself. Okay. Mario fan, do you feel like you had an impact on the story? Um, well, um, let's see. About a week or so ago, I mentioned there was a quote in the game that I sort of felt was, was kind of relevant to itself. Um, and that was at the beginning of episode two when... Uh, Ichabod tells you our stories used to be so simple. We had a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I kind of feel like, for the most part, um, I had an influence on the middle, but not the beginning and the end. Not so much. No, I mean, um, like, uh, what's what's the one episode um, three? I think it is when when you uh, uh, when you decide to to. What what which of three places to investigate first? I've 
I've tried that three different times and, and you sort of, you always end up with the same conclusion uh, each time, even if you, uh, you're always going to end up going to the trip trap. Um, and that, that never changes, but depending on, on if you, you know, pick uh, the Tweedle office first or Crane's apartment first, the other one gets altered. Um, so, uh, so what's the alteration there? Is it any like, yeah, what was the alteration? Well, let's see. If um, if 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 you go to Crane's apartment, uh, if you let Bluebeard go to Crane's apartment, he burns everything. If if you let him go to Tweedle's office, uh, he beats up uh, Flycatcher for information. Oh, and, no. Uh, well, you it's off screen, but yeah, and uh, uh, I I kind of forget. Um, but the the gist I think is that if if you pick the other one, uh, it kind of wastes Bigby's time. Cause cause you don't get info from Crane's office if Bluebeard went there, and if you, and you don't get info from Tweedle's office if you already went if if Bluebeard went there. Right, and no matter what, you always end up with the same clues just from yeah. You will courses. even if you if you know exactly what to do, you you will always be late to Auntie Greenleaf's apartment. You know, so that that whole thing with with you know, you gotta find the witch before two a.m. It's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, Isn't that the name of that episode? Exactly. Oh, no, that's not not that episode. But, um, but but yeah, there's there's no reason to make you feel rushed because you will always end up there at the exact same time, even if you, uh, you know, skip the place you you that will waste Big B's time. Okay. And Adrian, do you feel like you had an impact on the story? Minimally, uh, much as Derek saying, even when you're given choices, you still end up at the same places. There are some alterations, so that is you having an effect, but not that much. And of course, you know the ending, uh, deciding what to do with uh, the crooked man, um, right? Because that is that is an actual impact that should there be a sequel should carry over into it, right? Yeah, so I think I think you affect you know the middle, but um, generally Big B starts and ends kind of at the same points either way. Yeah, I, I just mean beyond beyond just the case being solved, uh, what happens to the Crooked Man? Um, I I say that's a significant effect, or at least a significant influence on the ending that you have. At least that's what I, I consider one. All the other things are just like minor changes in dialogue or uh, characters' attitudes toward you, things like that. So, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about... And Sorry. <laughs> I wanted to talk about an article in PC Gamer that I found. Um, it was published pretty recently, and it speaks to how I felt about this game. It's by Andy Kelly, and it's called I'm Over the Fact That Choices Don't Really Matter in Telltale Games. And the the quote, the real nugget of the story is, <clears throat> quote, Even though the story will end the same way for everyone, bar a few details here and there, these little choices, and the ripples they send through the narrative, are enough to make the experience feel like more than just passively watching a TV show. Altering the tone of the story, and how the protagonist makes their way through it, is really what Telltale Games excel at. It's about how you approach a situation, not how you shape it. Uh, so the idea here is that your choices are an end in themselves, that when you choose to pay Snow a compliment or you choose to insult Snow and um, you don't really have a lasting impact on the story, the point was more so to give you room to express yourself regardless of how the game chooses to react. So, Marielle, I wanted to ask, do you think you can create a consistent character out of Bigby uh, with the options they give you? Do I think you can create a consistent character? Hmm. I didn't really think uh, too well about how to phrase this, did I? Well, so, I think I know what you mean. 
so Warrior fan, can you? Yeah. Like how I was saying before, how, you know, right at the first conversation with Mr. Toad, I was like, hey, get your damn glamour. Um, you know, I could I could be more, uh, you know, keep to that sort of, you know, strict adherence to, to hey, Toad, get your glamour. I'm not going to help you out. It's against the law. Colin, get your glamour, you know. That that could I could make a Bigby that's you know completely in line with that sort of a thing I feel and and you know um, of course you can't really tell you know uh, you know Beauty and Beast to get glamorous but um, you should probably be more like uh, you know hey I'm gonna be honest I'm gonna tell him I saw you all right I'm not gonna cover for you sorry and you know probably probably sort of that whole deal. You know, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm just gonna cut straight to the truth. You know, I'm gonna follow the rules. You know, probably yeah. probably that sort of thing. Um, Is that which would answer your question? Yeah. And do we all generally feel that way? Yeah, I felt that there were like three, you know, personality uh, types throughout. Mm-hmm. Can you name what they were? So there was like hard ass Big B, which I guess was like how he was before the story begins because Snow often reprimands him. Um, and then there's like so when a gentler. What? The hard ass Big B would be the one that burns down Greenleaf's tree. Uh, probably, probably that was probably the uh, you know, meanest option in that point and then there's the soft and tender one and then there's kind of like the medium you know medium big b <laughs> well wait a minute i think there's a fourth big b though the silent, silent. autistic exactly yeah <laughs> mr uh mr quiet it's funny because i used to joke with greg like oh greg if you were playing as yourself you just hit that option where you say nothing I mean, Gollum. In the first episode, I I played once by myself, and I tried to convince Beauty I did not care about her problem, and she just kept confessing the world to me. <laughs> <laughs> that is so... That's how it works, though, to be honest. <laughs> uh, Nick, is, is the silent option common in Telltale games? It's in every Telltale game. Even okay. the Minecraft one. And there, there are YouTube videos that are just... Big V is silent for the entire course of the world. Yeah, I, I saw one scene of that uh, a few months ago where where he's silent for, for um, when Beast asks him where his wife is in the elevator. And he's like, come on, Big V, talk to me. F you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't remember the silent options from Walking Dead, but it's been years since I've played. If you wait long enough, it will go. It'll count as silence. Oh, okay. So it wasn't an actual option you could press. It's, I think it could have been, but either way, there's always an option to say nothing. Gotcha. That's almost always. So you can go the so, whole game, and then it's like, do you, Bigby? Do you want to go here or here? And then you say, it and they're like, holy crap, you can talk. <laughs> so Adrian, if you can mm-hmm. construct coherent Bigbies that are essentially different Bigbies but the world doesn't change because of your choices. You know, if the world is the same, whether you mean or you're silent, um, is your presence in the world meaningful? That's actually one of the the question, the biggest questions I had and what I meant by structure is like, you know, just get at the question, what are the pros and cons of structuring your game like this? Like, what's even the point of making a game this way? Because, I mean, uh, I'm going to be real here, Wolf Among Us is it's barely a game at all. So, um, you know, you could say it goes more into that interactive fiction territory, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, the question of, like, is this even a sensible way to, you know, construct a story like this if most of your choices aren't going to matter, uh, so on and so forth? Like, what is it? Because you can, and anyone can say, oh, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. But what does it mean in the journey when it's like, what does it mean? when you can't interact with the world because part of interacting with something is seeing 
different things happen, right? It's not an interaction if you can do arbitrary things and get the same result. Exactly. So it's like, hey, you have choices A, B, C, and D, but no matter what, you're still going to get result F. Right. So basically, I'm answering your question with, hey, that's a question I was also thinking about, and I'm kind of wondering what everyone else is thinking. To me, I'm undecided. I still don't know how I feel about this. Um, there are other issues that I had with the story itself, and I guess I'll just bring up one moment where about you're asking about Bigby's character. Even if you are playing a nice Biggie, he will always use the intimidation tactic with Georgie Porgy. He will always grab that, that, what the fuck is that? A wicket? What's what's that game the Brits play? Croquet or something with the big square bat? Cricket. Yeah, cricket. He he always takes the cricket bat, and you know slides it along, and just being intimidating with it. No option. There is no option to not do that. So, in terms of a consistent biggie, consistent biggie, big B. <laughs> yeah. um, he's always going to be that way. So, you know, there are moments where, hey, I was trying to be a, you know, a nice cop, but I can't get around this one, and that really kind of breaks the illusion of being able to craft even a nicer big B because he's still going to do that. There's no way where you can also avoid certain fights, as in he is going to fight, and so not you... in the way like uh, to apprehend or even just like back off, run away, maybe get other authorities. Like he, he doesn't even call for backup. So you when you're in the, yeah, the point is that you would deny that you can even make a coherent Bigby. That there are some Bigby expresses a personality beyond your control, which can be inconsistent with your own decisions. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. And you could also say that, oh, the decisions presented to you are decisions that a Big B himself would make. Um, but even within that, I get, I guess you can say that there's hard-ass Big B and a little nicer Big B, but this nicer Big B is still going to kick your ass and intimidate you if he needs answers. Yeah. Or if you are a mere creature monster. <laughs> Um, oh, I remember. There was one part with when you're interacting with the mirror and you didn't have to rhyme, but he does your request anyway. That really pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think um, definitely one of the choices I really did not like having to do, um, and you had no choice because you would literally game over if you did not do it. It's the fight with Beast where you fucking gouge his eyes. Like, Jesus, did you have to go for his damn eyes? <laughs> Pry the yeah, bar away or something. there a lot of eye shit in this game, which that's, like, no-no for me. <laughs> I agree with Adrian. I felt that some of the choices were merely, like, cosmetic and not necessarily uh, an influence on the greater story. Okay. Um, well, thank you all for joining me. Uh, before we go, I wanted to ask, uh, Adrian, if you were a resident in Fable Town, what fable would you be? You know, I, I'm probably Aladdin. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, it's racist. Just kidding. <laughs> you're going to have <laughs> to explain that one to me. Um, Marielle, what fable would you be? What fable would I be? Uh, you know, I'm not that familiar with... Uh, fables is there isn't there one woman who has like a bunch of pets or something not ringing any bells for me okay uh, i made it up i don't know you want to be the pet lady okay there's uh, a lady who swallowed a fly and then she kept throwing <laughs> things to fly and if you're actually given lots of cookies, that is pretty much me <laughs> <laughs> if you give a mess a cookie oh that's cute <laughs> So Nick, is that what is that your fable? No, I'm Santa because I'm fat and bearded. <laughs> Me and too. You have... No, just kidding. No. <laughs> you, you have a beard. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I once went a whole year without shaving. Wow. I couldn't do that. I like being clean shaven. But the beard sh- doesn't like grow that fast, right? Like how how like long does it get by a year? 
Uh, it doesn't. It varies it, from person to person. Yep. Right now, um, it's a few inches long at least, like three. So, Wario fan, what fable would you be? I think I would be uh, Ichabod Crane, but personified more as the coward and not the stern man. Oh. Not the guy with the uh, creepy photos. No, no, I'd, I'd be the one just, you know, running away at every opportunity. Instead of a sense <laughs> pervert. You All right. Tiny Tim. I'm so glad I didn't say snow. He's <laughs> 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 crane. Adrian, do you have any final words? Um, I don't know. I'm still going to have to, you know, think over some things about this game. There's definitely questions you would naturally have about the story that just aren't answered or you have to look into them the little fables entries they have which is so removed from the story that you actually have to like push start and go in there you can't uh catch those details from normal gameplay um you know just things like how their world exactly works just like questions like that like why is it so fucked up why do they have only one sheriff all right. Um, Marielle, do you have any final th- final thoughts? It was nice to be a part of this. I know that's not really, like, related to the gameplay at all. Um, no, it's fine. Yeah, I don't know. This was fun. I enjoyed this. I'd like to do this again. All right. Nick, do you have any final thoughts? Um, related to the game, I don't. this wasn't brought up. You can get a bad ending. Uh so what's the bad ending? And what would that uh, be? If you are, if you do not take the the uh, crooked man back and you just kill him, it does count as an ending for the game. And Bigby is no longer sheriff after that, as well as he is forced to leave. Ah, I, want to see I that. wonder. Oh wow! See, yeah. so you do have more effect on the ending. Yeah, it was, a, it was an actual another ending. I don't think there's any others, but. That was an ending that I was amazed that they bother putting in, but it was it was probably worth it to at least see how it works. It's not as cinematic as the other ending. It doesn't have like a whole big cutscene. But other than that, uh, sorry for being away for so long, and I enjoyed this. Hey, anytime. Welcome back. It's uh, you know, no big. Wario fan, do you have any final thoughts? Um. I just really appreciate that his name is Big B Wolf. Big B Wolf. It just... I love it. That is the best. Alright. I might also just throw in there that um, I still enjoyed the game. I mean, once I started, I I went like several hours into it. (laughs) Instead of taking my time (laughs) and doing one episode per session, I'm like, nah, I'm just going to nail out these three back-to-back. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's fun. It's so fun to see that it's less of a game, and you can still enjoy it. But man, yeah. when you when you play a lot of Telltale games, they start to blend together. I know this is a, seems a little irrelevant, but I think this is just an example of how weird Telltale can get. One of the new scenes, one of the new decisions in the new Batman, is Harley offers you a drink of her soda. Joker walk looks on in horror. You have to choose whether to sip it or not. <laughs> That's pretty good. Make a strong bed season two. Oh, they need to go back and do a lot of things. But yes, this is great. Alright, well thank you all for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. All music in this podcast was from The Wolf Among Us. If you have any comments or questions, please email vgcommune at gmail.com.